Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. Today, very excited, we have Sajida Morali, who is CEO of PPA, Professional Publishers Association. Saj has years of experience in sales, managing teams, going from CRO to CEO. Saj, welcome to the show. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. Fantastic that you're on. Really excited. So what got you into sales? Oh, the big question. Um, well, I, d I definitely didn't plan it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone grows up wanting to be a salesperson. So um, I kind of just fell into it, really. So I, I studied chemistry and physics, you know, came out of uni, was probably a little bit lost around where my career was going to go. And I fell into a media sales role selling recruitment advertising. And, and I loved it. I, I really just kind of loved the, the learning that I got from, you know, around communication, the psychology of working with people, you know, and obviously as you grow climb up the ladder sales floor to boardroom so to speak you know you just you just get to experience a lot more around sort of leadership skills you know managing a PL, all of those things that i suppose are so transferable into into different roles as well so so that is a bit of back, my, my background and majority of my sales career has very much been in in the b2b space so I worked uh -huh. uh, for 15 years at incisive media a couple of years at euro money and then i moved over to the consumer side when i joined new statesman media group so you know new statesman is obviously a, a consumer company current affairs brand and has quite a, a nice lifestyle portfolio as well so that gave me my where, where I touch the consumer world. Fantastic and tell us how you got to CRO and then to CEO because that's a really interesting journey tell us more about it. Yeah I mean I think how I got to CRO was just trying to work hard and do my job well really and you know and kind of I suppose the more senior you you get the more strategic you're to build your skills around so things like being able to forecast well assessing risks early mitigate them capitalizing on some of the opportunities that you know that you're faced with in the, on the commercial side and I think a big thing as well and, and this was a big learning for me was just being able to prioritize right and I think you know we are often trying to be perfectionists a lot of the time and I think the more senior you get obviously a lot of stuff just ends up coming your way so being able to really pick and choose and prioritize according to you know the business strategy and the plan and trying trying to make sure that you you spend your time in what's going to give you the biggest impact I think was was definitely a big learning for me. I guess just following up on the second part of your question, Charlotte, you know, that jump to CEO, I mean, I, I think it makes complete sense that coming from a commercial role within an industry has probably given me the edge, actually, because I can really understand firsthand some of the yeah. challenges, you know, PPA members are facing. But I would say, and this is a, a pretty sad thing, I suppose, is that I don't think I ever saw myself as a CEO. You know, there aren't many CEOs that look like me, and it's it's something I feel really passionate about. You know, I've, I've got a teenage daughter who's thinking about her career choices, and I definitely wouldn't want her believing that, you know, her thoughts need to be limited in any way around, you know, her leadership capabilities so I suppose it's one of the reasons that I've launched co-founder of the AML network it's a network that that champions Muslim women in the workplace and, wow. and I really do try and spend a lot of time thinking about how I can actively mentor 
and you know take part in 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 opportunities that allow me to sort of give back and and you know show that representation fantastic work and really interesting to to hear about how you know assessing risk forecasting be able to prioritize and trying sort of everyone tries to be a perfectionist don't they and i think in, in sales there's there's a lot of you know obviously rejection i've talked about that a lot as well but yeah you've got you to have a pretty thick skin don't you yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes absolutely did, oh, um, well, no, no, did your uh, did your chemistry and physics ever come in handy do you, do you know what it's interesting you say that because i think there is a part of me where the scientific kind of you know analogy around the more negatives you get the closer you are to a positive yeah. i think has <laughs> definitely come into play when um you know when i've had the, the kind of the negative decisions from clients and you know you've just got to keep it going right yeah and and, and in terms of the change i mean that, that other thing is that a really good salesperson doesn't always make a good sales manager right so is that something you you had to learn as you became more senior yeah the, i mean this is really true and i think that it came, funny enough it came up in a, a meeting i had with a, a member literally two days ago you're, you're right and i think being able to create career paths for star players that are really good at just selling and building big relationships and all of that thing and i mean i think that's there's a there's a lot more of that now right it's not it's not necessary for somebody that's really good at sales had to have to go down that yeah. um that management route but yeah i mean look leadership not everybody has leadership skills and i think you know communication is key empathy is a big a big one right being able to really walk in someone's shoes and and sort of understand what's really going on so so yeah, these are all these are all skills that are super important. I yeah. think as you as you start managing teams. Yeah, that, that's actually the second time that em- empathy has come up in terms of leadership and managing. So it's um, it is quite difficult, isn't it, to be a star sales performer and a really good manager? It's like to almost ride two different horses, and very difficult to do that. So what message would you have for perhaps any salespeople that are listening that are thinking, you know, I'm really, I'm a star performer, but I'm thinking about going down the sort of management, VP, CRO, CEO route? Well, I think, you know, my message would be very different depending on the person. And I think it can't be underestimated how much of a team player you really need to be when you you start managing teams and you you know you you really got to I think the difference for me when I took that jump and sort of started leaning more into the the managing teams piece was definitely part of the role which was less about the personal win and more about actually what your role then becomes is just unblocking the road for your team members to make sure they can be absolutely fantastic at their job so it's it is a very big mindset shift right and if your buzz is purely from getting the deal over the line you're going to find it you're going to find it hard and you need to let go of that ego yeah. a little bit yeah. so um there is a kind of a, a mindset shift there i would say absolutely can, can totally agree with that and obviously i sit on the performer side as rather than the managing side so yeah totally can see that what do you think sort of looking into the future now of sales what's going to have the biggest impact yeah i mean i think the role of sales has been changing quite a lot actually and it had you know it's it's, this has been going on for for years and years right that I remember back in the day, you know, uh, most of most of deals were done over over lunch, right? And um, all were all focused on relationship, 
and and of course relationships are important and it's great to have that that social element to you know the relationship you have with a client but I think there's there's more people involved in decisions especially in in that b2b space in some cases you're kind of trying to convince six to eight people on average around a buying decision so being able to really communicate the value I think is really important but then another part of that is helping whether it's your contact or a team of contacts that actually help drive that decision within their business I think is another really kind of quite new skill that is is, is becoming more and more common the, the amount of times you get decisions just stuck within a within an organization and you know it just calling them just calling someone up and saying oh is there anything I can do it just doesn't work right mm-hmm. so trying to drive that decision through I think is is uh, definitely important making it really easy to buy focusing on that ROI piece and also thinking about the channels the sales channels that we're using I mean obviously the pandemic had a, a big part to play in this yeah. with lockdown etc but that kind of face-to-face piece really dropped out of how how we were selling and social channels became much more prominent video etc and the role that marketing plays actually in opening up some of those initial conversations I think is really interesting and will have a big impact in in terms of the future as well and I would I would caveat that with all of that sounds really kind of positive etc but there are challenges right the bigger the more recurring and bigger that relationship is obviously that has a, a much bigger demand on resource as well you know actually delivering for the client and making sure they get what they bought into and and that they're up for you know renewing that conversation and and actually thinking about that piece the customer success side of things and how sales works closely with all the different parts of that whole relationship I think is really key Yeah, and I definitely agree with you there on making it easier to buy because now prospects, clients are faced with so many sort of things that they can buy. The buying decision is a lot more complex than what it used to be. So the sales process now has to be about simplifying that, making it easier for for your prospect to buy. And in terms that we we talked on another podcast with Morgan just now on how different multi-channel prospecting is key so it's not just sending an email it's not just making a call but you know could you send a video as a, as a way of outreaching to your prospects uh, as a way to sort of also multi-thread deals when deals get stopped send a video to a client do something different that makes sort of the salesperson stand out I think is going to be key in the future and we talked a little bit about sort of sales tech tools that help empower the salesperson to to sell better so yeah I think it's very exciting I particularly like the idea of you know I I obviously use videos a lot in my prospecting and um, the idea of sending TikToks and Instagram reels to prospects is something pretty exciting as well for the future I love that I love that brilliant yeah, I mean, look, it's it's no different to what a lot of, you know, publishing businesses are doing with their own audiences, right? Getting that cut through and making sure you can stand out and generate that interest in, I guess, what is a world of a lot of noise. Yeah. <laughs> We're constantly yeah. being bombarded with information and emails and content and all the rest of it. So that cut through is, is pretty vital. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, to be honest, there, there's enough sales chat there. I think I think it's time we bring a bit of marketing into the fold. 
two salespeople here and, and myself. So you've obviously worked in sales as a Charlotte for, for your whole career. But in terms of the sales and marketing alignment, and you did touch upon earlier that, you know, more important in terms of opening up the conversation, how important and how do you think sales and marketing need to be uh, better aligned? I guess, you know, the number of times in my career where I've, those two teams have kind of been banging heads against each other. So I I think it's great actually to see that it's very obvious that those two teams need to be aligned. I mean, it's so important for that collaboration. In fact, you know, I've, I've actually seen a real shift with some of the members that we represent as well around businesses and organizations going from sales led being sales-led organizations to marketing-led yeah so I think there's been a slight quite a big shift actually in in how businesses are kind of seeing the importance of of that marketing piece but essentially I think right the way from before you even start speaking to that client the opening up of conversations co-creating the proposition and you're actually agreeing the outcomes ahead of that promise the promise to the client you know big isn't always better as yeah. we all know so I think it's right the way through and then just making sure that there, there is that collaboration and part of that is also our businesses set up that way to encourage that collaboration and what what's what's the process and structure within organizations to make sure that actually you're almost forced to to, to kind of be more aligned a, a lot of it sometimes some of those things are based on the, the structure of the business and and whether it whether it allows you to collaborate the way that you would like to yeah definitely so um and, and as a ceo now with a sales background who will be managing marketers how do you manage that what's your message to them do you let them get on with it i mean i I hear that you may be going through a rebrand now we are we are going we can say that (laughs) exclusive so uh yeah hot off the press so for a while i've been thinking a lot with you know with the ppas what is what is the the kind of the strategic glue if you like that binds all of our variety of members together and we're aligning our our organization to three key pillars people product and audience um and yeah and we're we're really thinking and i think all 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 publishers are thinking about those three areas right so it doesn't really matter how you identify people product and audience is 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 key i suppose to to all of those organizations and um we're thinking about how that flows through our website and our you know the various comms channels and things like that so probably latter part of of the year we'll we'll start sharing some stuff amazing um yeah i I love that and so i guess it doesn't really matter the your title your job title it's you know what you're trying to achieve isn't it whether it's for your community or building that brand yeah and ultimately the customer's key here right so how can sales and marketing work together to get better understanding of that audience and you know, and the data and the audience storytelling as well so we've really thought about that when we've put together the agenda for the festival so the upcoming festival will have a number of stages obviously yep. aligning to our people product audience bit but i think there's a real key thread in that audience stage actually where it's really relevant for sales and marketing to to sort of align to some of those key themes coming through as well yeah okay and what whilst we're on uh, the subject of the festival could just tell us a bit more when is that is there some relevant streams for sales and marketers absolutely so i would love to tell you about the festival so the festival takes place on the 19th of may at tobacco dock 
which is in London and it's a whole celebration really of everything that's related to publishing and I use that in the broadest sense right because I said some some of our members describe themselves as you know magazine publishers others you know business information others martech edtech health tech whatever you'd like to you know we what we're really trying to get under the skin of is that all of our members are creating trusted content that creates specialist communities and we've really tried to get that across in in the program as well so we've got a session on revenue diversification and we're hearing from some fantastic speakers in that space got a whole kind of stage right the way through the through the day looking at the topic of audience and reach and relevance and sort of how you grow sustainable audiences got some really good case studies around subscription growth and things like that as well so yeah I'm sure it's going to be a day full of lots of actionable takeaways but also kind of inspiration if you like to kind of get people thinking about their own strategies great stuff so we've talked a lot about everything good that's happening in sales and what the future is going to bring what do you think sad should stop in sales tomorrow if it was down to you I guess we've touched on this a little bit before, which was around just focusing on the relationship part. You know, we touched on it before, really finding that value and that ROI with the um, with the client is super important. And what one just sorry, going back to another session, actually, which is at the festival, which is really relevant, is we've got a session which is focused on negotiation. And I think, yeah, I think. <laughs> well, but the thing is, when you when you think about negotiation, it almost you almost think about it always in that kind of sales environment sense, right? It's um, going back and forth on a deal or whatever. The session is really focused on finding win-win, and the reality is that is absolutely essential right across your business when you're collaborating with your teammates, when you're aligning sales and marketing, all of those things. Trying to find that win-win is is super important. So I would say I think really putting that at the forefront of collaboration is is really key. Yeah, absolutely. It's a whole topic in itself, negotiation and how to be, you know, every salesperson can always be a better negotiator and sharpen their skills there. And doesn't always come down to price. I know when I was, you know, working in, in financial times and I was much more of a transactional seller. So what I would do a lot was drop the price to get the deal over the line and you know i'm seeing that certainly in in enterprise sort of deals and um larger cycle deals there's definitely not something that not a best practice for salespeople to be doing yeah so we talked a little bit before about the amal network which i know is a topic that you're uh, an initiative rather that you are pioneering and you're very passionate about tell us a bit more about that so the Amal Network is a network that champions Muslim women in the workplace. And, you know, there, there was lots of sort of background thinking around that. So it is about representation and ensure that there is uh, there are role models out there and that they are connected and can sort of help support each other. I think also just helping to advance and give opportunities around apprenticeships and intern schemes and things like that. So there's a number of different strands. I think for me, making sure that there are a good number of role models and that they're connected and can network and champion each other is, is super important. And that's the whole real ethos around it. So that's been going now for about 
five, six years. We're at 250 odd members. It, it is very kind of informal, runs off a WhatsApp group at the moment. We've got a bit of a waiting list, so we need, we need yeah. to think about a new platform for it, to be honest. Just, I guess we just to kind of feed on what, what it does, it, it, it runs a number of events as well on things like uh, personal branding and porting on the CV fronts and all of that sort of thing. So it's, it's really rewarding as well. And it's great to meet so many amazing women actually that are on the network. So definitely a, a, a fantastic thing that has allowed me to give back as well. And for anyone who wants to find out a bit more, perhaps get in touch, uh, what's the best way to do that? Drop me a note on LinkedIn and okay. um, I'll be very happy to tell anybody more about it. So, yeah. And then finally, so we ask everyone who comes on just for a bit of practical advice for our audience takeaway. Anything could be sales tip, could be someone worth following or, or some advice. What what would you say? So actually, this is this is a piece of advice that was um, that was given to me by my new chair of the PPA, which was around slowing down to speed up. And I'm I know I work at a certain pace, and, and I think we all do actually. You know, and, and and I suppose the pandemic and the way that we work virtually now and all the rest of it has just meant that the boundaries between work and home and all those things are so much more blurred. So my bit of advice would be definitely to to make sure that you balance yourself and kind of give yourself time to re-energize. I'm currently reading The Forever Transaction by Robbie Kelman Baxter. Yeah, yeah, I've read that great book. Good, Ooh, which is... One for my uh, list. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... Um, it's focused on that, that whole membership mindset and building subscription models and really key to what the PPA are trying to do with putting members at the heart. But the reality is, I think there's, there's so much learning that can be done outside of the day job, if you like. So finding that balance, I think, is a, it would be my tip. And that will give you the opportunity to really perform at 110% rather than try and reach that, reach that burnout that many people have, have experienced of late. Yeah, yeah great advice. Fantastic. Ooh. So thanks for coming on the show, Saj. It's been really good to chat with you and some great tips there for our listeners. You know what you can do. You can follow us. You can leave us a review and tell your friends about Simply Sales and Marketing. Thank you so much for inviting me along. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you, Saj. It's been a pleasure.